This podcast is for the brave hearts, the black sheep, the rebels. If you're willing to face your fears and optimize your time on this planet, you are among friends. This is the Aaron Evans Podcast. Oh, it is my absolute honor to be with one of my favorite people on the planet, Coleman Rodriguez. And he was a student of mine and I always really liked him, like not in a sexy way. And I remember the moment where much like an avatar where they put their ponytails together and then their eyes light up, that we became like blood brother sister. Do you remember that moment? Instantly. There was Pink Whitney, there was my dressers and she went through them. She found out I keep my underwear on the bottom drawer. And I guess that's serial killer tendencies, but I still think it makes much, much sense. You dress from the bottom up. I was looking through the dresser because I wanted to make sure you didn't have any weapons. I don't know you. And then I see your underwear and socks in the bottom. It, it was too much. It was just too much. But anyway, from that moment forward, we have had so much fun together. We've traveled to Mexico. We have mountain bike together. We've <laughs> ski toured together. We have practiced yoga together. You literally make my life better. You complete me. Okay, that's a bit eat, pray, love there. <laughs> Tell me about Coleman Rodriguez. Who is Coleman Rodriguez? <sighs> Coleman Rodriguez, who knows? He keeps his underwear on the bottom drawer. He's a yoga teacher. He's a skier, he's a climber, he's a Banff local, he's a gay. I put on many different hats and we see what fits okay. day to day. Tell me what was the first thing that brought you to a yoga class? I was in Belize. I was hungover. <laughs> I was with my friend Lucas at the time and we saw a poster on the street that said, Sunset Rooftop Yoga. And I was like, well, let's do it. <laughs> so we show up, it's a bunch of seniors and us on this rooftop setting. And I remember instantly I could not do anything with my hamstrings, like a forward fold, a half Hanuman, half splits for those that don't know asana language. And that was like the big wake up call of like, get in this body. You're what, 22 years old right now? I'm 28 now, but at the time I was 22. Yeah. It's like, my body should be working. Yeah. And I remember for me, it was seeing a bunch of people in their 70s that could do things I could only imagine. Honestly, same. I went to a rocket class for the first time. Everyone there was probably like, 50 to 70 and they were like handstand pinch my ass and I'm like I don't know I can't even do that we're not like yeah <laughs> I just want to point out that I was in that class and I am not yet 50 so <laughs> tiny bit offended okay so why did you decide to make this dream of owning a yoga studio come true well it was a lot of straws at the camel's back that had to break to get me there but I had worked in the bar restaurant industry for 10 years at this point I was just broken and done I was <laughs> having what I call an exit like a philosophical moment where you don't know what is going on. <laughs> Why am I living? What is my purpose? So then I quit my job and I went to go to Nicaragua, Portugal for this big trip of finding myself. <laughs> but I was at a tide pool and we were supposed to be cliff jumping and this wave came up from behind me and knocked me off the cliff. I fell, I spiraled down and towards the water. I literally thought I was going to die because I do remember this moment. My face was coming really close towards a rock, but I kind of like pivoted or torqued my body away from it. So I land in the water and my wrist had hit a rock, I guess, on the way down and snapped. So I emerged from the water. I have a limp, dangly wrist. <laughs> I am then walked 15 minutes down the beach as I'm blacking out with this like limp noodle of an arm. They get me to the hostel. 
they put a cereal box on my arm with a string, <laughs> some kind of cast, and then they drug me up with Valium and pretty much anything we could get our hands on at the hospital, we just like shoved down my throat because the hospital was two and a half hours away on a bumpy road. <laughs> so they throw me in the truck. I have still this, it was Captain Crunch. <laughs> In a cereal box, we're driving down this bumpy road and it's rattling, but I am so high on whatever they had put down my throat. I'm just drooling, my neck's falling around. <laughs> Anyways, we go to the Nicaraguan hospital, they put me back together and I have to cancel my trip. I come back and at the same time, my parents are getting split up, so I'm now living in my mom's bedroom. I have no job, I have a broken wrist, I have nothing to do and it's this like weird dark time. And then I finally start to emerge out of that and then COVID hits. And COVID hits, remind you, six days after I started my new job. So I had finally waited three months to go back to work and then COVID starts. So then we go to lockdown for another four months. We emerge out of COVID. I have to go begrudgingly back to the service industry because I'm now poor as shit. <laughs> and then COVID obviously goes for two years and it goes like that tiptoe back and forth, back and forth. And then every time I found I was going back to work, something had happened. Like I got in a car accident and got a concussion and... Oh. It was just this never-ending thing. And then eventually, by the time I had finished my teacher training, COVID had ended, I was like, I would do anything, (laughs) something. And then the studio kind of fell into my lap. And I was like, look, I love yoga. This is my passion. I love teaching. I'm ready to make something happen. I'm just going to do it. Uh, I wasn't ready, but... And how did you shake off the imposter syndrome? Oh, it took a few months. Oh, my God. (laughs) Because, like, I had just finished my teacher training four or five months before we'd opened. I'd taught, obviously, before, but, like, never in a studio. To not have that imposter syndrome, I don't know, I just had to, like, pretend it wasn't there. Yeah. So how did your identity as a new yoga teacher, how did it change over those two months where you shed this idea that you weren't ready or good enough to run and own the studio? I don't know. I think I just personally inside tried to shift my identity to, like, person just, like, working out a dream. And creating a community. Like, I'm just doing my best. Let's see how it goes. And what would you say for folks that are wanting to pursue a dream and they feel like they're not ready? Absolutely. Dive into it now because we could get hit by a bus tomorrow. Oh. (laughs) Life is so short. And I've been really into the phrase memento mori lately, which is a reminder that death is imminent and will happen to all of us. So, like, live your best life. You have far surpassed what I thought you could be in a year. Thank you. Yeah, like you're... You're becoming so amazing. What is your intention behind Flow State Yoga Studio? Just breaking the mold of what it's thought of because Mm -hmm. let's be real, like yoga teachers don't have a great rep in like popular culture. Like they're always portrayed as, we could always talk about the five things you always think a yoga teacher Yeah, (laughs) like let's talk about this. Let's break down the stigma around a yoga teacher, like things people think. Okay, they always think that they dreadlock their pubic hair. Without a doubt. (laughs) The amount of times people have asked me. They assume that in order for one to choose their mate or friend, they need to know their astrological sign. Oh, yeah. They, they ask you that all the time. <laughs> um, I think it's the, the idea that they subside on chia seeds and sage and they only shop at Nutters. Oh, <laughs> yeah. They smell like patchouli. And <laughs> they <laughs> thrive on multi-level marketing. They love that. doTERRA. Detox teas, which is basically just food poisoning with a tea. <laughs> <laughs> and also, they're always going to talk in that 
that weird voice that's kind of high-pitched and it's always asking a bit of a question. Kind of like, how is your body right now? How does that make you feel? Where are you right now? What sensations? I'm going to ask you to take a deep, cleansing, yummy inhalation. Perennium lifts, anus softens. Okay, so I'm glad we cleared that (laughs) up. That is not... That's not us. No. From the 1995s to like 2010, I think everyone in pop culture, not just a single Lululemon, but has portrayed yoga as this female sport, Mm. thin tight leggings, white woman, namaste. Yeah, I know. And I think that's why it's so important that you are teaching yoga as a male. And there's more and more trans people, male people coming to teach. And also the fact that you're gay. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. We have more representation. Yeah, just different voices coming to the yoga practice because... At the end of the day, it's the teacher's personal insight into life and their asana practice. And it's nice to have these different, unique voices instead of thin white woman at the front of the mat. Yeah, I mean, it kind of feels like you're picking on me, but okay. (laughs) Um, So what was the biggest learning experience for you since opening the studio? Having to teach so many different classes and styles. Like, as a new teacher to hop into teaching Ashtanga, Rocket, Hip Hop Power, Flow with Flower, which is a cannabis class, Slow Flows, Yins. It's like, that's a lot of different class styles, a lot of different energies to carry at once and learning how to do that well. Yeah, you got to be very different teaching a Yin than when you are teaching Rocket Ray. Absolutely. You have to be the drill sergeant to like the nurturing, calm, philosophical voice. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And I love that you were able to step into that so effortlessly. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's definitely some classes being like, (laughs) why did they come back? (laughs) But now I feel like I've understood each individual class and like learned how to teach that. Yeah, and what do you think your edge is as a yoga teacher besides being homosexual? <laughs> <sighs> I don't know. I think my edge is that perhaps my voice. I never even knew I had a good voice till I started yoga and everyone's like, wow, you have a really soothing voice. I'm like, actually, <laughs> I used to have a different voice. <laughs> I got nose surgery Four years ago, I think it was, because I had... A, a very deep... big nose. <laughs> I had a raging honker. <laughs> I had a deviated septum, so they had to reshift and realign my nose. I had a nose job. But my entire voice changed after that nose job. If you still call my voicemail, it's pre-nose job, and you can hear it. Oh, I've called it. It's, it's bad. But now, I feel like it's really good. It's soothing. It's distinct. And I think maybe that kind of gives me an edge because there aren't many male voices in yoga. Like time for different people to play the role of the yoga teacher. Absolutely. What do you think it is, the role of the yoga teacher? Stepping into the role as a yoga teacher. I think it's holding space, holding space for people to come jump into their physical body because I feel like so many times these days, we're just not in our bodies. Mm -hmm. We're not present. We're not aware. And... I used to notice it a lot, like when I was serving, like I'd serve tourists from out of town and you just see these people come and like, they're engrossed in their phone. Mm. They would cab, Banff, for those that don't know, is what, a 10 minute walk side to side? Tiny. People would cab from the hotels to the pub and like, why would you not walk down Banff Ave and like, look at the mountains and like, be out there, be present, move your body, like that's yeah. why you're here. And it's just, I think the role of yoga teachers is step into that role. Yeah get people in their physical body and get them to dive into their practice. It's amazing how powerful it is just to have an inspiration. I remember for me, it was Lydia Zamorano and I was like, that girl has something that I want. 
she's so alive and I would go to her classes and just feel so stoked and alive. Mm -hmm. And you never know the lives you impact. And with that trickle effect, the same thing was for me. Like I'd go to your class, like this bitch knows what's up. Like yes. <laughs> she's playing Nevermind by Dennis Lloyd, my favorite song. <laughs> The energy. Oh, it's, it's totally. Palpable. And and the whole premise is we live in a town where drinking is revered. And if you are not a part mm -hmm. of the drinking culture, you're not really a part of the scene. You're not cool. Yeah, but mm -hmm. you're providing a different entry point for people, young people, older people, to be a part of something bigger than them. Absolutely. I think this town has such a problem with drinking that's like not talked about. Yeah. It's so forced upon. Like, I don't even like going out most of the time now because... What if I just want to come sit down at a table and like have a pop, have a burger, hang out with some friends? Have a Pepsi. Suddenly there's five shafts put down on your table and you have to drink them and shove them. It's four o'clock on a Tuesday. <laughs> I just want to hang out with my friends. Totally. And it's pushed upon you. And if you mm -hmm. say no, you're kind of judged. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Mm -hmm. It's bad. It's like if you're in my class and you don't do chaturanga, you're going to get judged. <laughs> That's not trauma sensitive. No, right. Oopsie. Speaking of trauma sensitive, yes. Let's, okay, let's, let's dive in. Okay, so trauma sensitive yoga is designed for people that have experienced major events, and we want these people to understand they have choice and they can do whatever they please. We, as uh, rocket yogis, ashtanga yogis, we're trying to add more of that into our classes without taking the fun away. Mm -hmm. How There's do a we fine line? Because I I think trauma sensitive action actually woke us up to like the way we are teaching yoga like yeah. we should be offering options and we should be like very aware of the pronouns we say and like being a bit more gentle in some sense but also everything great in my life i've done i had to be pushed oh yeah and i think you're the same like you would not be doing pinching my if you weren't pushed no <clears throat> no and even professionally like the the way that i've grown has been feeling like a major imposter Mm -hmm. And I'm sure the same and no hard, no hard feelings toward trauma sensitive yoga. I think no, it has a time and a freaking place and I thank it for what it brought to our attention. But for me personally, I know how nice it is to be seen in a yoga class. And that's actually one of the, yeah, the things mean, is they don't want them. You don't want to call people out. You want to be held accountable though. Like, teacher, yeah. like all my greatest pursuits in yoga, I had to be called out. Yeah. Yelled at. And it made me what it was like. I never would have thought. Pinch my rostrum was possible in my body, ever. And I'm in it because I was pushed to do so. So you have yeah. to, it's a fine line. Yeah, but you know what's interesting is when you did karate. <laughs> when I was a yellow belt with a black stripe. Like when you were a yellow belt with a black stripe, it wasn't trauma sensitive and little Coleman no, didn't like it. Honestly, I was in butterfly pose and I was what, 10, 11? And I remember my knees would not really open. Like I did not have an externally rotated hips. And the karate teacher singled me out in front of 20 plus people that were there and yelled at me, yelled at me that I wasn't trying hard enough. And I was like, I, I physically can't get my knees to the ground. This is my body. And there's a difference, there's right? A difference. Like that was, he that was, scarred me. He I was hated aggressive. karate from that point on. It's interesting because my son who's so sensitive loves it, but obviously they've become more trauma sensitive. Yeah, which is good. Yeah. There's a time and a place. Yeah. And that's not what we do in yoga. It's not like, you're not trying. It's like, hey, I see potential in you. And I yes. want you to taste potential. potential because people yeah. don't know their potential. And you know, one definition of yoga is to attain what was previously impossible. And that's my love favorite that. definition. Because it's the most true. Who inspires you? I've never really looked up to celebrities or anyone because like, I don't know these people. It's all kind of fake. But I do love to surround myself with people that bring me up. 
yeah like, you've been a big inspiration like the way you teach hold space and like push others been huge and then I kind of find I have friends in like different places like I have my climbing friends that really push me in that aspect I have my friends in politics that really show me social navigation like people in politics have a tough job or just anything like creative aspects photography friends like mm-hmm. I don't know I'm a very multifaceted person yeah. and I like to have different people for different things to like uplift inspire me yeah can you imagine they say that we all like keep ourselves in an eco chamber of people that think the same make the same amount of money are the same skin color how will you ever grow if you're not amongst people that have different sexual orientation or jobs or i always remember back in university we'd have like house parties come to our building whatever you call it and a lot of my friends would always bring people that were the same as them like Mm. one guy would always bring his comp sci friends one guy would always bring his business friends but I do remember they'd always say you have the weirdest friends because I would have these like basic bitches with purses and high heels popping in I'd have my artsy photographer friends like it was a weird mumbo jumbo but I do always remember I I don't know variety is key it's key Mm -hmm. I think I have inspiration through different people as well for different things but I do look up to celebrities as mentioned, I love Lady Gaga. I think we she, love her. we love her. She was a part of the queer movement before it was even a movement. No, we would be nowhere where we are no. right now without her. And she just, she basically wants to offend and push, and I, I dig know, it. Good. Yeah. Like, the, if you look back at the things she was doing in that time period, no one was doing it like her. No. She changed everything. With regards to your parents, what has it been like for them with the studio? Do they support you, or how do they support you? Yeah, they supported me from the start. Obviously, nervous because it's like a big step and they like asked all the right questions, but they're supportive from the start and they've even come to classes. If you know my dad, he's not a yogi at all. <laughs> so it's been nice to see him come to a few classes and like show up. Yeah. And maybe one day they'll like get it. Oh, I know. And, and that's the crux, right? Yeah. People can dabble, but then you see people getting hooked and you're well, like... What is the moment where people get it? Yeah. Well, what was your moment? From the start? Yeah. I, the first moment I rolled on my mat, I haven't stopped since seven years ago, I think that was. Yeah. I remember being in a room where a group of people started chanting the invocation, and I was like, this is a cult, and I love it. I went to a rocket class at Rocky Mountain Yoga. You might have been the teacher. I, love I don't it. know. Yeah. But I remember everyone was up in handstand or pinch at one point, and I was like, I want to be a part of this I know it's completely nuts and like it's called a yoga practice and we're not preparing for an upcoming game it's like we're practicing and I often think about mastery orientation versus performance performance Mm -hmm. is like competitive and comparative I want to be better than you mastery is like I want to see how I am today in comparison to how I was Mm -hmm. yesterday and that's what the yoga practice is just such a good thorough line to see like, oh, how's my body today? How's my energy level? Yeah. How's my mind? What am I up to? Yeah. Have you experienced injuries and then been Tons. on the mat? Yeah. yeah. Like when I broke my wrist. Yeah. That's when I think I really got hooked to yoga is when I came back and I was like, I was obviously just doing yin to yeah. start, but I actually, that's when I discovered the yin practice. Okay. So when you couldn't do anything else, I can't down dog. I can't oh. dolphin pose. So I just came to yin classes because it gave me a sense of Still coming back to my body, still having a sense of routine. Yeah, getting totally. Out of the house, what do you do? <laughs> oh my God, I know after my car accident, I would literally get on my mat, 
for probably 30 seconds. Like I couldn't, I had a torn hamstring, a broken arm, and it was like just a couple breath to remember that I had a body. And mm -hmm. when you think about your accident, you broke your arm. If a, a person who didn't have a practice and wasn't in their physical body, the healing would be significantly different. Absolutely. Yeah. Kind of, I remember uh, Plinio and I went on this uh, bike ride in winter and it was like a sheet of ice and he sailed off his bike and ended up in Proserita over some <laughs> trees. And he just looked at me and he was like, thank God I do yoga because that my hamstrings would have just blown. Yeah. I think preventing injury, the way yoga gets you that proprioception, like, yeah, look at how I fell today. I felt really bad. <laughs> <laughs> in funky pincha and had i not had a consistent yoga practice i probably would have broken my neck oh my god i just look up and your crotch is in my face <laughs> but i was able to twist my spine catch myself yeah twist my neck in a way that i'm not breaking my spine totally <laughs> and what's crazy about about the studio is how people huck their meat oh, right it is like you see adults like doing somersaults and crashing and kicking up into handstands totally Oh my God. I remember there was a student once, I think his name was Randy and he was wearing a shirt that said, kiss me, I'm Irish. And I was teaching a hand ballads workshop and he kicked a hole right through your Rocky Mountain yoga, right through the wall. So his whole leg was stuck in the wall and he was like, I'm sorry, I'll fix it. And I was like, oh no, it's, it's par for the course, it's man. It's what happens. Yeah. Uh so you and I are doing a retreat in Porto Escondido in February, which I cannot wait for. I've never been more excited for anything in my life. There are so many stories from our trip. I wouldn't even know where to begin. The monkey bag, the airplane vomit. I got a little sick on the airplane and he was, I thought I got away with it scot-free. I, I threw up into my wait, lube. Re rewind. Okay. We're on the plane and Aaron is convulsing she's sweating she's pale i have a thin napkin with an ice cube i'm placing against her forehead as she is dry heaving into her lululemon bag <laughs> trying to be discreet oh my god so he passes out like every man am i right <laughs> and i casually throw up into my lululemon bag the man sitting next to me is not happy then coleman wakes up from his restful sleep and says did you throw up and i said yeah, how do you know? And he said, because I can smell it. <laughs> but besides that, the trip was outstanding. The retreat is insane. We will do workshops and some coaching sessions. We are going to have a lot of fun together. Mm -hmm. That's what it's all about. You know, we're coming together. We're going to have fun. We're going to throw down on a mat because so often you travel, you just end up what drinking every night laying on the beach. We're going to make this fun. You're going to practice hard, but you're also going to have that time to lay by the beach, be by the pool. We're going to drop a teaser. We're going to bring the monkey bag. Done. It made an appearance on our last trip and it was pretty iconic, but you'll find out when you get there. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, drop me a line if you're interested. So what would you like to leave the audience with? I don't know. Start before you're ready. We only have one life and we need to live it to its full extreme. I love it. Yeah. You're a huge inspiration and our community is so lucky to have you. Ah, thank you. Thank you for being here. So how do people find Flow State? I can find us online, www.flowstate.com, flowstatebanff.com. Fucked up my own website. <laughs> <laughs> but Instagram is really where we put everything out. So at Flow State Banff, or you can follow me at Colmenar. Amazing. It's always here. And okay. it's a pleasure to be on this podcast. Yeah, amazing. I'll put it all in the show notes. 
And I love you dearly, and you're the best. Thank you.